Hey guys, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Celestial Healing. This is your host, Kai. And guys, I'm super stoked about this week. Super, super excited. We have our very first guest in the building. Yes, super excited about that. Before we get into that, first, I want to thank you all for tuning in. We are so appreciative here at Celestial Healing. Also, I want to give a thanks to everyone that reached out, giving us feedback on the last podcast we did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, and don't forget, we are starting a new segment. It's called Your Journey. So please feel free to reach out to us at CelestialHealingTarot1 at gmail.com or you can leave a message. The link is going to be posted on the Facebook group Celestial Healing Tarot. Now I want to welcome our very first guest here at Celestial Healing. Guys, she's an author, an entrepreneur, a relationship coach, a realtor, and a mom. Guys, she truly is a jack of all trades, okay? Let's give a warm welcome to the beautiful, the young Tia Newton. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. How thank are you so you? much for having me. I'm doing amazing. I can't oh. complain. Awesome. Awesome. You're so welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. We know you're busy and all, but we just appreciate you showing up here. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, you have this new book out, Tia. Um, Why don't you tell the people about it? Okay. So the most recent book I've written is called It's Not You, It's Women. And it Mm -hmm. basically explains some of the different things that fail or go awry in a relationship that Mm -hmm. we as women tend to put on the men when in actuality it's us. I like it. Yes. Yes. It's us. Yes. Yes. And why don't you, well, I don't want to give too much away because this (laughs) is really, really interesting and I want the people to go ahead and, you know, purchase it, you know, but um, tell us, um, what are a few points or give us a few examples so that, so that the listeners can have a, cause I'm, I'm following you now, I'm following you, <laughs> but I, I, I want, I want the ones that's like, not, not sure, don't know. Mm-hmm. I want you to, you know, just give them one or two or something. Okay. So basically, um, there's a part, there's several points in the book and the book was an eye opener, even for me. And I wrote the book, <laughs> but after <laughs> I wrote it, um, I had to go back and read it. I've made it a practice when I'm writing, not to go back and read the chapters or read what I write. I, right. I just okay. keep on going. Um, and I can only go back as far as the paragraph that I'm working on in case I stop like mid thought or whatever. I only mm-hmm. go back as far as I'm writing, you know, that particular paragraph. So I make it a purpose, um, not to re- read, while I'm writing but once I finish I go back and I read the entire book and I was amazed Um, and there were some things that stood out to me Um, one of them was our inability to recognize immediately or acknowledge that somebody is not compatible with us 
Um, mm-hmm. especially early on in the dating process when you're just getting to know each other and everything is peaches and cream. And when you see your phone light up or a text message come through, you're all excited and you get that good adrenaline rush right, that we get right. when we're in love um, right. <laughs> or lust. <laughs> but mm-hmm, um, so right. one of the things is how to pace yourself when you're dating and how not to allow the love drug to take you away and get you caught up and end up um, causing you heartache and pain down the road because you didn't slow yourself down or go at your own pace or you made compromises um, in hopes that you would be selected as the one quote unquote but right, um, right. not because that's really not who you are nor is it really what the other person is looking for exactly Ooh, that, was good. that one, that one good. stood out to me and then there was one where um we tend to hear what they're saying, but we don't acknowledge and accept what they're saying. For example, if you meet a guy and he's like, well, can't wait, Tia? And we're Hello? putting everything together. So we tend to interpret. Tia, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Tia. We kind of cut out just for a split second. Oh. Could you just repeat that last part again? I'm so sorry. Okay. I was saying that um, there's a part in the book where I talk about um, us interpreting a relationship when it's not a relationship and things basically at face value. Like if a guy Mm -hmm. says that he just wants to hang out and see where things go and so on, we don't interpret that as him just hanging out or not necessarily having any destination for the relationship. We kind of get into relationships expecting um, us to convince them that we're worth Mm. being in a relationship with them. And we start doing everything to be in a relationship as if we were in a relationship and then look surprised or heartbroken when we're not chosen and it doesn't go in the direction that we were expecting. So it's about being clear on your expectations from the beginning and having those uncomfortable conversations at the beginning of the courtship before you even invest your emotions and your feelings. Oh, man, that. Yes. 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 That's a that's yes, a yes. one. That, that one made me break up with somebody who I wasn't even dating. <laughs> Right, right. That right. Was funny. Yeah. I wasn't even. Yeah. It, right. I was in a relationship in my mind. Right. It was a, a entanglement, right. like Jada said. I was in an entanglement because it definitely wasn't a relationship. And the funny thing is, I could not go back to him and say he lied to me or you led me on right. because from the beginning he said he didn't want to relate. Right, exactly. But Accountability me, and responsibility. Yes. Me being the woman I am, I'm like, well, how could you not want a relationship with me? Everybody wants to be in a relationship with me. Right. Um, right. <laughs> and so I did things that I heard him, you know, I listened intense, intensely when he spoke about mm-hmm. the different things that he liked about a woman and all that. And I found myself changing into what he said mm-hmm. and then feeling lost, if you will, at the end when he still Right. me after I had made this whole you know uh three six right. turn for you I'm like I might as well go back and right. myself then right <laughs> so right it just looks at why we do those things and why right. we um make those choices and why we don't put ourselves first in a relationship you know our whole lives we're taught and we're grown up 
to not be selfish. But when it comes to a relationship in the very beginning phase, it is about being selfish. It's about finding somebody who's compatible with you and finding somebody who wants you with your flaws and all, not finding somebody that you're going to have to compromise and change for. And I'm not saying that you don't compromise in a relationship because relationships are filled with compromise, but they have to be mutually beneficial. Not one. And I had been on a one way street for many years. And so finally the, you know, the rosebuds came off the glasses and I was able to see clearly. I know know that's right. Most definitely. And that, oh man, I I so love it. I so love it. And I'm definitely going to get a copy of this book. (laughs) I'm definitely going to get a copy. I'll make like sure. it is, it is, um, it's good information, and it ties into what I was talking about in the previous podcast in terms of taking responsibility and being honest and having having that open dialogue with yourself, being mm-hmm. honest with yourself, mm-hmm. taking off those rose colored glasses, you know, and seeing it for what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And we don't like to do that sometimes because who likes to be rejected? Nobody. Right. Nobody exactly. wants to be rejected. But what you have to understand and what I try to tell people, especially during coaching, I tell them that when someone doesn't want to be in a relationship with you, they're not rejecting you, the person. It isn't personal. It's the mm-hmm. relationship. Those are two separate entities. You, the individual, mm-hmm. and you, the relationship, are two different pieces, and they're rejecting the relationship with you. That doesn't reflect on you as an individual. You're still an amazing woman or an amazing man. Mm-hmm. You still have mm-hmm. um, and are worthy of love and being loved and giving love. You're just not compatible with this person. This person doesn't want your love. Right, right. There's nothing wrong with that. So it's really about looking at what leads us up to making some of those decisions. And I go through, um, I always lead by example. So I share my experiences um, and my dating world. And then I break down the psychology behind why those types of decisions are typically made. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. So let me ask you this, Tia. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of trying to change the situation to try to learn from it and better yourself like what do you suggest women should do if they were in a situation like that like what what would you what kind of advice would you give I would tell them typically the first thing I say is when you envisioned being in a relationship and when you imagine what that relationship looked like is this it does this mm-hmm. look like what you've imagined? And then even bigger than that, is this what you see yourself worthy as being um, being in? Is, th- is this what the kind of relationship that you think you're worth? Or is right. lower right. what you think you deserve? Are you getting the absolute most from it? And then if you feel like this is what you should settle for, why do you feel like you should settle? Where do you feel those in, in those uh, voids in your life where you feel like this is the best you can get or this is all you deserve? Why don't you feel like you deserve it all? Why can't you have it all? Right, right. Mm, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's what I talk about. I'm, I'm actually working on my third book right now. Mm-hmm. And it's called Own Your Shift. Mm, own your own your shift with an F, mm-hmm. even though the F 
yeah. kind of small print is so I can, you know, give the other word, but it's really <laughs> putting the ownership on the woman for owning the relationship you are in, owning the current situation you are in, owning the current mindset that you have, just taking ownership and responsibility for you and ultimately finding peace within yourself, um, getting to that place of happiness, whatever that looks like, and ultimately mm-hmm. getting the kind of love you want, need, and deserve. So that's what own your shifts about, but it's going to make you think it's going to take you back to some of the decisions you made and not let you point the finger. It's going to give those three fingers that are pointing back at you each a turn to identify where you went wrong and how to fix it and how to prevent yourself from going back down that road. Yes. Yes. We are so loving this. We are so loving this. I have my aunt in the studio as well, and she is just loving it. She's in the background is like, yes, I need that. Book. I love it. <laughs> Auntie, you probably have yes. more wisdom than I do, but I've learned from my relationships. Um, and then talking with my friends, I've always been the one everybody come to. So it made sense mm-hmm. that I was uh, became went to you know, went right. counseling field and, and, and fell right. in love with relationship coaching and so forth. And then eventually turned into an author. To me, my books are basically private coaching sessions with each individual because the books are written where it's like two people talking. We're just girlfriends. It's not me judging you. It's not me blaming you. It's just girlfriends sitting on the couch, sipping a glass of wine, talking about Mm -hmm. what happened. Right, right. So my aunt, Mm -hmm. I told you we're in the studio. My aunt wants to ask you a question. She's loving this. And she's just like, I need to ask her. Please let me ask her. So I'm gonna let her ask you a question. Tia, Absolutely. If you don't mind. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, Tia, I don't have any children, but I think you're my child. <laughs> I think you belong to me. I probably do, Tia. I probably do. <laughs> Okay, this is just I just need your opinion because um when I say this to girl ladies, they say I'm too harsh. But I I always say that. If you have a child for a man, mm-hmm. and if he didn't ask you, you know, you want to have a child because, oh, he looks good. Look, his eyes are pretty. Our child will look these, our child, oh, our child will just be gorgeous, you know. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't ask you to have, then you made that decision to have that child. Mm-hmm. And you should basically take care of that child. Yes, he should take care of, but you should do the majority <sighs> of it. Because you made the decision to have that child. He did not ask you to have a child for him. Oh, my God. Listen. Listen. Ma, you finna get me in trouble now. Um. (laughs) No, no, no. And I'm like, no, yes, yes, yes. You made that decision to have that child. You didn't ask him. You You all did not have a conversation. You made that decision to have that child, but I, yeah, I knew I know he should help and all that stuff. But you are, you should be the major um, breadwinner for this for this relationship because you started it. Well, here's the thing. I agree with you partly. Okay, but unless he was raped, he was not forced right. into having unprotected sex with you. And my belief right. is that if you don't want to have a child by somebody, then you probably shouldn't sleep with them. 
because right. contraception is only so many percentage of being good and at any given right. moment a condom could come off uh the pill could not work whatever your method is may flaw and you may yeah i don't i don't feel like um i don't like the idea of a woman trapping a man per se where you're having a baby and you guys have had the discussion he told you he doesn't want children and he right. the precautions not to have children and you still came up pregnant um that then i think it's a little bit different however yeah. i still right. believe that if you don't want to have children then you should not be having sex because unless she's infertile or he's sterile, there's a possibility that conception can happen. And when it does, I personally think both individuals are equally responsible. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. an equal responsibility. Equal. Yeah. Because the kid is yeah. the victim in this matter. The child has right. to be born. They don't have a say of whether my mom fell in love with you and had this baby mm-hmm. on her own trying to hold on to you or if my dad... Um, wanted to trick my mother and get her pregnant because he didn't pull out fast enough. It, the kid doesn't have a choice in who the parents are, but life given right. for a reason. There's a purpose that conception happened outside of the fact that sperm doesn't know anything other than egg. Um, there's a reason that this life was created. And as such, I believe that that child has a right to have both parents equally involved and um, responsible for their well-being. I agree. I agree with you completely. Nah, auntie, you it, it takes two to tango. Yeah, you ain't throwing me under the bus with that and have me out here, and they'd be like, "This is that. no <laughs> I man." Know, that's why I was no. like, "Oh lord." You're not doing that to me. I just hear about you know my friends or whoever he, you know, they're they're crying and he, you know, he's he's not doing this and he's not doing that. I'm like, he never said he was going to do these things. And you and you are hundred percent right. And that is something I had to learn in my own experience. Um, what we envision for fatherhood and what a man knows as fatherhood is very different. So exactly. You've had that yeah. kind of a conversation prior to a child being brought into play. You don't know mm-hmm. what kind of parent the other person is going to be. You don't even know what kind of parent you're going to be because they don't come out with a manual. And so right. try to do the best that you can and you have to allow the men to do the best that they can. I think we do our children a disservice when we try to force the other person to be a certain type of parent. Mm, yeah. I, I think right. we have an obligation to protect our children so that the children are not being hurt by our parenting styles. But I, but I also don't believe that I can force what I feel you should do as a father onto you and hold you accountable to that or, 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 I'll punish you for not doing what I think you should be doing. I don't think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I think if he feels no, like, I look, I take care of the kid financially. I'm not interested in being part of this kid's life. Um, you chose to have this baby. That's on you. As long as he's contributing financially, it's going to be on him later to answer to that right. child why mm-hmm. he wasn't there. Exactly. But I don't think right. forcing, a, you can't force someone to love someone. Or to be a father. Right. If you put a person in that kind of a situation, you can get all kind of things that can go wrong. And I, as a mother, my mm-hmm. first responsibility is to protect my child. So if you choose not to be mm-hmm. a father figure in her life, that is your choice. Or in his life, that is your choice. I'm going to be the mm-hmm. best mother I can be. 
you can have that conversation exactly. with them later. But I, again, exactly. it's the and, child that suffers. But you know what? And I totally agree with you. And that goes also with how, and this goes for women too, um, how they were raised and how that love that, you know, that parent was showing them how they showed them love, mm. you know? So even if they, it, let's say they did have a parent and they wasn't showing them love or, you know, they wouldn't know. A child only emulates what they see in a household. Mm-hmm. So if a child is raised in a in that household where he's not seeing it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be hard for him to display it later on mm-hmm. as he gets older. Mm-hmm. And the same he thing with she- the mother. Yeah, I was getting ready to say the same thing with the mother. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. grow up in a house where my mom was very affectionate and loving, even though I knew she loved me. I didn't grow up with that. But when I raise my children, I'm very affectionate. We're always hugging. I constantly say, I love you. Like, it's it's like the norm. If we don't say it, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. But I had to learn that I I tried to give my children the mother that I wanted. Right. 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 Good or bad, I don't know. We'll find out in 20 years. (laughs) But... (laughs) That's sure you're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Definitely. You are definitely gonna have to leave us some of that contact information for this book oh, so oh. the people can definitely know how to get in contact with you. Let me ask you mm-hmm. this. Um, I know, um, like I said, you you are a jack of all trades. And I was thinking about, um, let's see, like the entrepreneur business that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's it's about CMOS. Mm-hmm. It's the CMOS that you have. Mm-hmm. Could you could you explain to the people about the CMOS? I'm so interested in, it and I think they will get a kick out of it as well, and be very much interested in it. Also? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm holistic. I've been holistic for, let's see, my son is 25. So I've been holistic for about 26, 27 years. Um, And I'm all about natural ways to heal the body or restore the body or to balance the body. And when COVID first came out back in March, um, my anxiety went through the roof. And I've never been diagnosed with having anxiety or anything like that. But at that point, I wasn't sleeping. My blood pressure was extremely elevated, borderlining a stroke or a heart attack. And it just was it, it, it just wasn't a good situation. I was um, constantly just worried about getting the corona and dying because I'm seeing all the horror stories across social media right. and so forth. And I didn't watch the news. I don't watch the news. So I was just seeing what was happening on social media and the different things being reported. And so some years back um, in my holistic travels, I encountered Dr. Sabi, and Dr. Sabi always talked about um, sea moths. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when he talked about it, he talked about it, how, how great it was, how it was a natural um, healer. It was a superfood. It contained all of these nutrients and vitamins that you don't get in the regular food. And so I started to do research and I did research on um, sea moss and how it, where it comes from, which it comes from the ocean. Um, it's wild. You can get to, there's two types of sea moss. You can get wild crafted 
or pool grown. Some people call it fake sea moss, but there really is no fake sea moss. It's either wild crafted when it's grown wild out in the ocean or pool grown where somebody has like a little farm and they're raising it in a controlled environment. Um, The difference between the two is the wild crafted has those 92 minerals and nutrients that the body needs to survive. Whereas the pool grown, you cannot duplicate nature. You can't duplicate science. So it lacks some of those um, nutrients and minerals that you need. And then it also has other chemicals that have been added to it to make it grow and do all those to kind of respond the way the the wild crafted does. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's known, it's a superfood. It's known for healing diabetes. It's known for uh, lowering your blood pressure helping with your blood circulation, people who suffer from libido issues, it helps with libido, digestion, um, people who have skin conditions. Um, it's been known to bind up people, cancer patients who are experience or are going through chemotherapy. Um, mm-hmm. It just has so many, it's like a plethora. It works with your eyes. It helps so many different things um, for the body and it's all natural. Um, it doesn't taste good by itself. It kind of doesn't have a taste. It's like a very weird description. I don't know. It, I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it. And it's just not good by itself. So normally what you do is you take it with, um, I put it in a smoothie. Um, okay. I also flavor mine. So sometimes I can just take it right off the spoon when it's flavored, mix it with apple oh, really? sauce. You can, you can put it in your food. You can put it in your coffee, put it in your tea. You can put it in whatever you need to put it in to get it into your body. But um, the best thing and the, and the easiest thing to do is to ingest it, to put it in your body and to take it on a daily basis and then just watch. It will give you energy. Um, it will help mm-hmm. you focus. People who suffer from um, sleeping disorders and things like that, it helps with that. It helps to balance out the body, basically. And it helps to detoxify the body of any harsh chemicals and toxins that we're constantly coming in contact with, whether it's by touch, by breathing, by eating, all of that stuff. It kind of rids the body of that. It also helps with weight loss. <laughs> and really, yeah, <laughs> definitely helps with weight loss. So um, I was able to lose about 10 pounds. I think I'm up to 11 pounds right now that I've lost and I don't work out. I occasionally will walk and that's very sporadic, um, but I don't work mm-hmm. out and I did need to lose a couple of pounds to get my body back into a healthy state. So um, I was able to lose about 11 pounds and um, and it's all just from taking CMOS. A lot of people are carrying CMOS, but you got to be really mindful of where they're getting their CMOS from. CMOS has picked up its momentum and now everybody wants CMOS. Yes. I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you said that because it's like a fat now. It is. I am seeing it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand it. Yeah. Like it's it's a trip. Like all of a sudden it's a wave of sea moss being sold everywhere. Yeah. So um, we're going to definitely give the people your information on Mm -hmm. the sea moss. But I just want you to um, tell them how would they know what what to look for when they're buying it, I guess. Um, so you won't know once it's been turned into a gel, that's typically how it's sold. Uh, once okay, it's been turned okay. into a gel, you will have no way of knowing whether it's wild crafted or pool grown sea moss. Most people can't tell in its natural state whether it's pool grown or wild crafted. Um, the mm, most okay. easy way to recognize it is 
uh, natural pool behavior, uh, I mean, natural ocean behavior. When you buy sea moths from the ocean, um, you're going to find shells in it. It's going to have a lot of sand in it. It's going to have seaweed in it. Sometimes um, the the sea moss is still attached to the rocks um, in it. So you, you got to ask those questions when you're getting it from the supplier, whether you're getting it in raw form, which would be, you know, uncleaned and unprocessed, or whether you're getting it in the gelled form, which means they've soaked it, they washed it. But the best way to do is to start asking the person who's selling it their process. Ask them where they're getting okay. it from, how they make it, what they do, what their process is to getting it to a gel. Typically, somebody who's um, very open and forthcoming about their process when it's wildcrafted, they can communicate certain things to you. Um, is it coming from fresh water or salt water? Like those are certain things that you would only know if you're getting wildcrafted sea moss. Um, a lot of people are getting their sea moss from China. And if you know anything about China's waters, they're dirty. So it may be getting, mm. maybe getting wildcrafted sea moss, but the waters are filthy. So all of the wow. toxins and things that are in the water are also in that sea moss. So you you just have to be really careful and you have to ask the person their process. Go on their page, look and see if they're showing you how they do it. Because that's typically what you want to see. You want to see the raw process and how it gets to the gel form that you're buying. You, you all have yeah. to know whether they're wearing gloves. We have Corona now, so it's not just enough to wear gloves. You also have to be wearing a mask when you're putting this together because when you talk, you're spring. Whether you realize it or not, you're spring. So you want to make sure that you have a mask on, that the person has their hands covered, and that that's, this is occurring throughout the entire process all the way up to it being jarred. You want to know how it's being stored, whether it's a open jar, closed jar, you, you just want to know their entire process just to protect yourself and then look at um, where they're getting it from and then look at their page and see if you can see um, the sea moss in its purest form before it's gelled up and then look at it and you can tell from there. Typically sea moss that's wildcrafted looks almost like extremely skinny spaghetti. Mm, okay. And it does okay. swell up a little, it swells up a little bit when it meets the water, obviously it, it absorbs the water and it begins to swell. But usually when it first starts, it's really skinny. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it other than oodles and noodles. Would you say that you would, in terms of digesting it, would you say the paste is better? It seems like it would be better that you could you know like you said put it in a smoothie because i will put it in a smoothie mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like it seems like that would be easier for me to digest it to put it in a smoothie or like you know just something that i could mask the taste yeah i definitely right. i definitely uh suggest masking the taste because by itself i'm gagging that's just me though right. Somebody else may be okay. You know, they may have developed a palate for it. I haven't. Um, the only time I can take it by itself is if it's flavored. Um, but yeah, definitely take it in a smoothie. That's the best way to me in a smoothie or taking it with applesauce or some kind of food or drinking it with your tea or something like that. Okay. Okay. And let's do this. I want you to tell the people 
how they can get the sea moss, your flavor sea moss. I'm going to also have it um, on the Facebook page, Celestial Healing Tarot on the Facebook page. And it's going to be on the IG page as well. But I just want her to tell you guys where it's going to be at. Again, you're going to see it on the Facebook page as well as the contact information. So you can definitely um, place your orders on our website. It is www.theherbalsnob.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can call us. We take telephone calls and you can place your order um, that way as well. Um, Our telephone number is 301-494-1550. But the best way is to go on the website and place your order. It usually takes me about a day or two because it's made fresh to order. And then it ships out and it arrives to you priority mail within two days. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, good deal. I made sure that I jotted that information down <laughs> as well. Me and my auntie over here is like, yes, okay, perfect. <laughs> good deal, good deal. I want to thank you, Tia, so much. I know you are a busy woman. I thank you so much for stopping by here at Celestial Healing. We so appreciate you. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. And we will talk to you soon, okay? And yes, thank you. And we going to have you back on our, um, for that next book. We want to have you back on the show. If that's okay. I'm absolutely delighted to come back. <laughs> I would love to come back. Well, I'm so glad I found my child. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Ma. <laughs> nice to meet you. You tell your mother, you tell your mother, good job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll I'll yeah. pass it along. All right. Thank you guys. All right. You're All right. so welcome. Bye-bye. Now for our feature item of the week. Amongst other things, this item comes from the Herbal Snob, where being healthy isn't a fad, it's a lifestyle. The item we're spotlighting is sea moss. But wait, not just any sea moss, but flavored and wild crafted. Sea moss is a superfood. It contains over 92 minerals and nutrients that the body needs. It rids the body of mucus, helps lower blood pressure, diabetes, indigestion, help boost libido and more it also comes in green apple watermelon and mango flavors guys they got you covered go ahead and go to www.theherbalsnob.com that's www.theherbalsnob.com they also on facebook as well as ig i'll post a few pics and the website on the facebook group page celestia healing tarot as well as on ig best one source while crafted and taken daily now this concludes our episode guys i want to thank again tia newton for stopping by and dropping off some knowledge to us as well as sharing one of her many gifts also want to thank you guys again for tuning in until next time later